0: Welcome to Bethesda Broadcast, the podcast of Bethesda Church in Huron, South Dakota. Welcome back to our Healer of Hearts series here on Bethesda Broadcast. Pastor Roy has been looking at the different steps that it takes to heal our hearts from the brokenness and sin inside. Today, we will be looking at how God heals our stubbornness by transforming us. We encourage you to open up your Bibles to Romans chapter 12. And follow along with Pastor Rick.
1: It is good to be in God's house with you this morning. And we're continuing our series. And I just want to say young people that uh, did the special number. Emily and company, wonderful job this morning. Thank you for ministering to us in music. We're continuing our series, Healer of Hearts. Uh, last week we talked about the house cleaning step. And healing our guiltiness. And if you did not uh, get a chance to hear that message, uh, it is online. I would encourage you to go out and listen to it. Uh, but we talked about the whole idea of openly examining and confessing our faults to God, to ourselves, and to someone else that we trust. And so I would encourage you to listen to that uh, message. Today we are continuing on with step five. Which is the transformation step. And here's what the transformation step entails voluntarily submit to every change God wants to make in my life and humbly ask Him to remove my character defects. We all have character defects in our life because of sin. And the passage that we're going to look at this morning, and we're not going to unpack the whole passage because it would take weeks to actually do it, but we're going to focus on one aspect of it, and that is Romans 12, 1 and 2. I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual act of worship, spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. This is the part we're going to focus on this morning. The transformation step. Transform by the renewal of your mind. It is important that what we think about determines our character and our behavior. So be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What is the challenge to transformation? Stubbornness. <laughs> Every one of us have a stubborn streak in us. We are all stubborn. And the way we are transformed is by having our minds changed. We're stubborn people. The Bible actually has a term for stubbornness. You know what it is? Stiff necked people. Oftentimes, the Israelites were referred to by God as being a stiff necked people. And so, let's look at this idea of stubbornness. Stubbornness is defined as stiff, unbending, unyielding, unreasonably obstinate in will or opinion. A lot of people, it's my way or the highway. And they're willing, not willing to yield at all. It's not yielding to reason or persuasion. Stubbornness is refusing to listen to anyone who disagrees with you. Here's what it says in Acts 7.51. Stephen says, You stiff-necked people, uncircumcised in heart and ears, you always resist the Holy Spirit. As your fathers did, so do you. And even way back in Exodus, when God had delivered the Israelites out of Egyptian bondage, they got out in the wilderness, and what did they do? They built a golden calf, and they put an altar in front of the calf and began to worship that golden calf as the one who delivered them from Egyptian bondage. And the Lord said to Moses in Exodus 32.9, I have seen this people, and behold, it is a stiff-necked people. And when God says, I have seen this people, he's saying, I am fully aware of what you are like. I know your defects, in other words. And he says, you're behaving like pagans because of your stubbornness. So we all have character defects. So today, we're going to look at three questions. We're going to answer three questions. The first two questions are to outline the problem of our character defects. The third question is going to give us some practical answers to the problem very practical that we can all do so let's look at the first couple of questions the first thing we're going to look at is where do character defects come from and then we're going to talk about why is it so hard to get rid of them and then thirdly how do i cooperate with god's change process in this step so that god can change my hurt my habit, or my hang-up that has been messing up my life. So let's look at the first one. Where do my character defects come from? We're going to look at three things, very simply. The first one is my chromosomes. I inherit things. I have 23,000 chromosomes from my father and 23,000 from my mother. And so I've inherited that. So therefore, I have some physical defects from my parents, and so do you. You also have emotional defects from your parents. You have tendencies because of the chromosomes that make up who you are and make up who I am. This explains why some people have a certain predisposition towards certain problems, but it doesn't excuse a sin. The second one is my circumstances. My circumstances. My circumstances is I was raised a certain way and I learned a lot of my ways relating. My patterns and my habits have been developed from watching my parents or grandparents or what I've learned from other people. I learned to respond to my own needs in certain ways and how to cover myself how to handle hurt and rejection, we all figure out a way to deal with that. A lot of our defects are simply self-defeating attempts to meet my unmet needs. Let me give you an example. We all have a legitimate need for love. But if we don't get the need for love met in a legitimate way, we may go outside of marriage for physical intimacy, to have my need for emotional closeness met. And so we go about it the wrong way. We may have a need for, a need for security, but if we don't get that need for security met, we may start amassing p- personal possessions to ourselves to meet the need of security to say I'm a secure person. So that's some of the things we have. And even in our chromosomes, some of us have a tendency to have a hot temper. But it doesn't excuse somebody to go out and murder somebody. Some people have a tendency to be lazy. It doesn't excuse them from doing nothing with their life and being a bum. Some people have a tendency, genetically, to be given towards certain addictions. But it doesn't excuse them to go out and make choices to become addicted. Our genes, our genetics, our nature is the one source. That's our nature, our chromosomes. The second one is our nurture, our circumstances. And this all affects the whole idea of God wanting us to be transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have these hurdles to overcome. The third one is my choices. My choices. If I choose to do something long enough, it becomes a habit. And habits are like old couches. Easy to get into, hard to get out of, right? They're easy to get into and hard to get out of. We get stuck. Things we never intended to develop in our lives begin to develop because we chose to do a certain thing that becomes a habit. Yes, amen and amen. (laughs) Why is it so hard to change the defects in our life? Let me give you four reasons why it's hard to change these defects. And again, these are challenges we all have that we all have to deal with. Number one, it's because we've had them so long. They're entrenched in our lives. We didn't get them overnight. It took years, and you're not going to lose them overnight. It took years to develop those habits, those patterns that you developed in childhood. They may not even be comfortable, and they may be self-defeating habits, but they're familiar, and that's why we do them. They're familiar to us. The second reason is we confuse our identity with our defects. Here's what I mean by that. We say, you know, that's just the way I am. Uh, You don't have to be that way. You can change. You see, when you say that's just the way I am, you're identifying your identity with your defects complete this sentence in your mind it's just like me to be fill in the blank it's just like me to be let me give you some examples it's just like me to be a workaholic it's just like me to be overweight it's just like me to be anxious all the time It's just like me to be passive and let people run over me. It's just like me to be fearful. It's just like me to lose my temper. If we say that, we're allowing our defect to identify our identity rather than our identity being found in Christ. That's why we have to renew our mind, and the transformation of life comes from renewing our minds, setting our minds on Jesus Christ and his truth you're setting yourself up and identifying with your defect and it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy here's an example some people say well you know I'm always nervous when I get on airplanes what's going to happen the next time you get on a plane you're gonna be nervous Uh, you're gonna set yourself up saying that's just who I am One of the reasons people don't change is because they're afraid to change. You see, because if I let go of the defect, then I have to answer the question, will I still be me? Because I'm identifying with the defect, and the defect is part of who I think I am. Will I still be me? Third reason, every defect has a payoff. It gives me an excuse to fail. It allows me to compensate for guilt in my life. It may get me attention. It may allow me to control other people. Anytime a negative behavior is repeated over and over, even though it's self-destructive, there's a payoff. And the reason is, is because we don't do things that don't get rewarded. You may be getting attention by your defect. You may be getting to control somebody by your defect, but there's a payoff, and you don't want to let go of that payoff unconsciously. Here's an example. Mothers say to their kids, kids, come to dinner. They don't come. So mom yells, kids, come down to dinner. They come. We set our mothers up to yell, because there's a payoff the kids Respond to yelling. And so then we develop a habit of yelling. Fourthly, Satan discourages me. He's constantly suggesting negative thoughts. He's the accuser. Here's what he says. This is never going to change. You can't change. It'll never work. Some of you have been listening to these sermons and you say, you know what, those are good messages. I'm going to make some changes in my life. I'm going to change this. And Satan comes along and says, forget it. Who do you think you are? You're not going to change. You're stuck. Other people can change, but you're hopeless. Don't even think about changing. So those are the problems. And you know, they say a problem well-defined is a problem half-solved. So we need to understand the problem that we are dealing with. Now, let's look at this solution. Seven ways to change our mind so we can cooperate with the way God wants to change us and make us what he's always wanted us to be. Seven ways. Change your mind so you can cooperate with the way God wants to change you and make you what you always wanted to be. Let's look at them. Number one. Focus on changing one defect at a time. One. Here's what Proverbs 17.24 says, The discerning sets his face toward wisdom, but the eyes of a fool are on the ends of the earth. What is this telling us? He's saying the discerning person has a singular focus while the fool is running around in circles because he's trying to go in many different directions at the same time. And you can't do that. You see, some people are thinking, you know, this is great. I want to make some changes in my life. There's 30 things I want to change. Uh, That's wonderful. But don't focus on 30. You'll be overwhelmed and discouraged and defeated. Focus on one. What is the one change? Pray about it and ask God, God, what is the one change you want me to begin working on in my life and let me begin to focus on that maybe God wants you to work on your anger then focus on the anger first maybe you are an anxious person God wants you to focus on your anxiety focus on your anxiety one thing at a time maybe you have a tendency to control people or workaholism or being dishonest last week we talked about making a moral inventory list did you make a list did you look over that list what is on that list that God wants you to work on and let God begin to work on that in your life secondly focus on victory one day at a time Matthew 6 11 says give us this month our daily bread
0: No, that's not what it
1: says, is it? Give us this day our daily bread. God wants us to trust him one day at a time. He's not giving me a victory for a week. He's not giving me victory for a month or a year or for a lifetime. He's giving me victory today. Give me this day our daily bread. Give us this day our daily bread how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Life is hard by the yard, but by the inch, it's a cinch. You may need to realize that you need to break things down into bite-size pieces. You didn't get this hurt, habit, or hang-up overnight and you won't get rid of it overnight either. You may say, Lord, just for this day, I want to be patient. Just for today, help me be patient. Just for today, I want to think pure thoughts instead of lust. Just for today, I don't want to lose my temper. Just for today, I want to be positive instead of negative. Some people might need to pray, Lord, just for the next three hours, (laughs) I need to be patient, or whatever the case might be. God, help me not to be afraid. We want instant everything, and God wants to do it little by little. Thirdly, focus on God's power, not my power or my willpower. Transformed by the renewing of our mind comes by focusing on the power of God and not our own. Jeremiah 13, 23 says, Can the Ethiopian change his skin or the leopard his spots? And no, we can't. God can help us. God says, forget it. You'll never change in your own willpower. Here's the good news. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. All things through Christ who gives me strength. So I can say, God here's my temper I'm going to take it out to the garbage can I'm going to lift the lid, I'm going to throw my anger in the garbage can close the lid and let the garbage man take it away let God take away the defect in our lives consciously allow him to do that in our lives God's power not our power fourthly Focus on what I want, not on what I don't want. And when I say what I want, what I want should be what God wants in my life. And here's what we should want. Philippians 4.8, finally brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. If you focus on the bad things, they will dominate your life. If you focus on what you've been focusing on, it will dominate your life. If you focus on what you can be and what God wants you to be, you will move that way. Because whatever has my attention has me. And here's where I would say... Scripture memorization is one of the most helpful things you can do. I would encourage you to take some three by five cards and write scriptures out on those cards. Write the scriptural truth of that card and then on the back write a practical application about that. For instance, Romans 8:1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I flip it over and say, God loves me even if I'm depressed. He loves me. His love does not change because I'm depressed or because I'm dealing with anger or some other issue. God is able to help us. God does not condemn me for my depression. He loves me just as much on bad days as on good days. That's how much he loves us. There is no fear in love. Perfect love casts out fear. On the back, I don't need to be afraid. Perfect love casts out fear. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. On the back, I can make it through this day with God's power. You see, and what are you doing? You're renewing your mind, transforming your mind by the power of God's word. It is th- that's where the transformation in our lives take place. And sometimes we have negative ruts in there that have been there so long, we've got to establish some new ruts, some new patterns. Transforming your mind. The word transform comes from the word metamorphosis. It's a transformation that God brings into our lives. So I would encourage you, Scripture memorization, as it gets deeper, it reinforces the brain pattern Yes, our brains are powerful. That's why God says transform your life by the renewing of your mind. Number five, focus on doing good, not feeling good. He says, I say, live, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. If you do the right thing, your feelings will catch up. I have experienced this in my own life. There are times where I have not wanted to do certain things in ministry, but I went ahead and done them, and I felt better after I did them. But did I feel like doing it? No, but I did it, and my feelings caught up. Because it's easier to act your way into feeling than to feel your way into acting. If you think you're going to feel your way into acting, the devil will lie to you every time. You will not feel your way into acting. You act your way into feeling. And that's how God can bring about change in our lives. You say, you know, I don't feel loving toward my wife. Start acting loving toward your wife and the feelings will come. If you wait till you feel like it, it probably won't happen. Number six, focus on people who help me, not hinder me in making these positive changes I want to make in my life. There are certain people that you should avoid. You know, if you don't want to get stung by a bee, don't go around the hive. (laughs) Right? You go around the hive, you're going to get stung. There's a bunch of bees there. Stay away from those kind of people, the people that will tempt you. you got a problem with alcohol, you don't go down to the bar and say, I think I'll go down there and eat some peanuts. (laughs) That's not the right thing to do. Bad company corrupts good character. Don't go around that. If you're struggling with pornography, you get a filter on your electronics to protect you and make yourself accountable to someone who will help you. The last one, focus on progress, not perfection. You say, you know what? I've been working on this for two months, and I don't see a whole lot of change. It's okay. You make a decision, and then from that decision, it's a process. It's a process. God who starts his work in you will bring it to completion. Remember the beachhead illustration I gave a couple of weeks ago. God establishes a beachhead in your life like an island. And the rest of the war, he's taking over that island, little... By little God will help us in that let's bow our heads for a word of prayer as you bow your heads and close your eyes how are you doing with your stubbornness What changes does God want to bring about in your life in this transformation step? We say, you know what? I surrender all. I surrender all. And not to be stiff-necked toward God. We all have character defects. We're born with them. We learn them. We choose them. We also have an archenemy, the devil, who wants to fight us tooth and nail to keep us from being what God wants us to be. What is the one defect that God wants you to begin to focus on in your life that has been defeating you, that's been eating your lunch? And Satan has a foothold in your life. Would you be willing to surrender that to the Lord? And to begin to focus on victory one day at a time in your life. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sin, shed his blood that you could be forgiven and cleansed of your sin. I would be glad to pray with you and show you from God's word how you can have a personal relationship with Christ. For those of us who are believers, what is the defect in your life that God wants to heal in your life? Would you surrender it to Him today? Let's pray.
0: We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy.org dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.